and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Per and Abdul to discuss the topic of unleashing team power, the incredible benefits of empowerment. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Abdul, I believe we're starting with you. Hello, everyone. My name is Abdul Araf. Um, by education, I have a master's degree in automation and signal processing, but uh, uh, my passion to 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 algorithms uh, pushed me out of this industry after being uh, working within it for three years, starting from a state as a site engineer to uh, being a project supervisor or a manager, and then somehow. But then I did this switch again. I couldn't resist, and I did the switch in uh, late 2014, and working within the IT or like software development uh, uh, since. Um, why I'm here today is basically because topic is super interesting uh, and it's a continuous task for me. Um, like uh, you, you will like never let go of 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 empowering your team. You you can do it now and then you need to come back to it later and so on. So I'm basically here to 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 share my uh, best practices and hear uh, from peer best practices and uh, yeah and. Um, become maybe better uh, around this topic and hopefully also hear some 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 questions from from the listeners at some point that would be great that would be my dream That's amazing it. thank you Abdul and it's really great to have you back on the podcast yes. as your second time here today uh, and the next person is Per's first time so I'm going to let him introduce himself thank you Sam yeah so my my name is uh, Per Fleety and uh, my background lies mostly within software de- development and mainly development for the web. Um, and I've been working as a software engineer for the for the past 20 years. <clears throat> and um, I've been a consultant for the better part of those years. So I have the pleasure of working with um, many different technologies and clients and in many different roles as well. Um, I, uh, I have a deep sense of customer orientation. So I tend to take uh, on a holistic view within my engagements, uh, which means that I, I like to be involved in all aspects of the development process. Uh, and um, for the last 10 years or so, I've been edging towards uh, leadership and uh, I've been working as a manager for the last uh, four years. And currently I'm the chief technical officer for an um, online retailer of wine called Vinotheket. Um, and as uh, Sam said, I've never been on a podcast before. So when he approached me, I was, of course, very interested. And um, I, for me, I think this will be a great learning experience. And I'm very much looking forward to um, to discussing and exploring the, today's topic with you guys. So. Thank you, Per. It's, it's exciting to have you on uh, for this time. And um, we are a man short today. Uh, Benjamin wasn't able to join us due to some some travel plans. So um, we're just going to crack on. We're going to use his question later on. Um, but I suppose now we've established a context around each of you, we will move into the topic in focus. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. 
If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. You all got a question around the statement of the unleashing team power, the incredible benefits of empowerment. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room to get your thoughts on each question. Um, and like, like you've both said, get some learns from today. And if anybody listening would like to add some questions into this, please, you can reach out to myself per, or Abdul um, whilst listening to this or after. So looking forward to it. Per, it's your question first. Pers wants to to look at how do you work with engagement in a matrix organization and do you have any suggestions on how to get a team to rally around a common vision when you're lacking a clear product or service? Before we hand it over to Abdul, Per, could you give us a bit of context around your thoughts for this question? Yeah, sure. So... Um, um, this question um, it derives from mostly my my experience from working as a consultant in a consultancy firm, and um, usually when uh, working in a consultancy firm, you you manage people that um, um, aren't working together. They're not working as a team. They're uh, usually working on different projects for even different clients. So. Um, <clears throat> and also you're not working closely with them because you're also engaged in other uh, assignments usually. So um, you don't have um, that full transparency into the day-to-day activities of your uh, direct reports. And um, and also there's no like um, uh, common... Uh, building block. You, I mean, of course, the the organization has its values and stuff like that. But uh, mostly, the your directs are working at different clients and in in different organizations. So how do you get uh, get them to rally around a common cause and inspire them and and drive engagement? So that's basically the the background, and it's what I've been uh, when I was working as a consultant. Uh, is what I was, you know. Uh, struggling with or trying to increase that kind of motivation and yeah now i i would like to hear what what abdul has to say about it yes very interesting question actually two questions within the, the same question so two parts but the, the very relevant and it is like uh, from the core of our daily uh, uh, life as, as as it leaders to be honest like working with engagement is an, an, an absolute target for 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 each leader. So you can like, yeah, benefits are many, but we are not discussing engagement as uh, as itself uh, today. So my take on it is a mix between agile ways and non-agile ways because I also came like like I, I work like out like I, I work outside IT with a very non-agile environment. I was working in North Africa. So I was the solo supreme leader for my whole project plus 13 uh, men. And now I moved to a totally opposite thing, which is a big organization, the FDS. We are plus 150 uh, years. We are plus 400 uh, IT uh, professionals in the company. So it is exactly the metrics organization uh, like, uh, that w- where I'm, I'm, I'm placed uh, right now. And um, 
and of course, I, I tried always to use expertise from, from from both experiences. So I do have some strategies maybe that can um, like uh, help uh, with this. And I will start by actually take time to build relationships with my team members, even if they are not on my uh, on my direct uh, uh, reporting line. This could help build trust, create sense of community within the organization to start with. I know it's not direct way, but it works sometimes. <laughs> Uh, clearly define the rules and responsibilities for each team member and make them uh, and make sure that uh, everyone understands uh, how they work, uh, uh, their work contribute to the overall success of the project uh, itself. Um, communication also is a key, uh, as they always say. So and also in big uh, or metrics organizations regularly, uh, I would always like uh, communicate with my team members to keep them informed about project updates, changes in priorities and other important information uh, related to the organization, for example, not that sub like system they are uh, working on. Um, I will also encourage team members to collaborate and share uh, knowledge and expertise. This should help break down silos and build a stronger sense of teamwork and in, in, uh, in general. Um, I will celebrate successes as well. Uh, recognize team uh, like uh, team member uh, who who have contributed to, to to them. This could help also build moral and create sense of accomplishments. Um, another one based on my like engineer nature uh, that I, I see it helps uh, to be honest is uh, like considering the fact that we developers or IT professionals we are techie people, and techie people loves data and numbers. Uh, in in our team, uh, actually, we we like or we, we try to instrument our services. It's 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 not for the engagement sake, but I could notice that after instrumenting our services with enough like uh, monitoring uh, uh, tools and uh, working against this like performance metrics, uh, business related metrics, you name it, I could really uh, like gather my team and make them more engaged about that vision. It helped me a lot. Um, last but not least, this is something we do on the, on the organization level in DFDS. Uh, we do like we love feedback and transparency, and for that sake, we do have a yearly. I think this is a common like common thing in big organizations, but this is yearly employee survey where they can voice themselves out in a free environment, and then. Uh, work against those outcomes uh, the whole year, for example, and and, and all those like, uh, uh, sorry, we're using, for example, PECAN survey, and it got three main, uh, like, um, how to say, pillars. One of them is engagement, under, under engagement itself. There are plenty of, 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 of drivers that you can focus on, and collectively they will contribute to your engagement score, like uh, meaningful work, organizational fit, uh, peer relationships, uh, recognition, reward, uh, goal setting, freedom of opinions, environment, and autonomy. Uh, so, among others as well. So, working on all of this should uh, help, uh, like, promote your, your like your engagement uh, score. If if uh, if I can say that. And now moving to the second uh, part of that question, um, like. To how to get the uh, team to rally um, like around a common vision, even they are lacking a clear product or service. This is a hard one. And actually, this is something we went into uh, uh, as well. Somehow, uh, when we uh, 
like like relocating or like recreating our teams at 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 some point where where we before we were working on a big monolith and then suddenly we needed to create sub teams here and there some of them are cross functional others are not so how to do this um, we started actually by defining a clear purpose for the team and communicate it regularly uh, this helped uh, creating sense of meaning uh, and, and, and motivation for the team members. Uh, we used also from a technical uh, perspective, uh, we used composable architecture to try to match those systems or those chunks with a, with a with a business bounded context behind. So at least I can create a domain for them somehow. I know it is each team is like its own galaxy and it's got its own challenges and stuff that's yeah but for us that helped a lot so using uh, composable architecture domain driven design we ended up with with the clear subdomains of the big systems that, uh, that we uh, we do have yes this is kind of a silo somehow but this is how it works so, so that's like working on like breaking the silos should be on other like uh, like uh, like it can, can be how to say can be fought on other fronts for example, unifying technical, uh, it's like, like knowledge sharing, uh, aligning around your technical uh, tech stack and, and, and so on. But yeah, so using domain driven uh, helped a lot. Um, I will also work with team members uh, on, on uh, to, to create a shared vision for the project. Oh. They, they have this can help everyone gives effort towards a common goal and then they can they feel that they belong to this goal especially if i could gather input from 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 everyone so that team vision should be created by the team itself it's a not easy task when dealing with uh, tech people of course like uh, me and you that's like yeah um it takes time um i will also focus on on on, on, on outcomes rather than, than than outputs so i will help the team members to understand the impact of their work and how it contributes to the overall success of the project or the big organization even though for them it is it is like a like a, a corner and not the core thing they used to work on uh, uh, like before and then i will um maybe like um, face the big, the big, big, the bigger picture, uh, and and how the project or the organization fits into it, and in, 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 into into our like organization uh, ecosystem. This can help team members to understand the context of their work and how they, uh, they it contributes to the broader goals of the company. And of course, ownership. Uh, but ownership is, is uh, yeah, it, it it takes time, especially for new creative teams, but. Promoting a sense of ownership among team members by encouraging them to, uh, to, to 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 take that ownership of their work and contribute to the success of the project or, or and the organization. So this should uh, help uh, rally the 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 team uh, around the, the the vision. I hope. So this is what I can um, yeah quickly uh, note now and uh, yep. Yeah. Thank you, Abdul. Thank you. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of information there. I saw you taking some notes, I think. So um, or I suppose what's your retort to that? And again, you may have some of your own thoughts to the, your own question, right? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, um, a lot of the things you were talking about, I mean, that's um, I, I agree uh, completely with that. Uh, and we, we did uh, a lot of the same stuff uh, in our organization as well. Uh, I remember. Um, 
I was I was just wondering um uh, you uh, at the at the end you were mentioning uh, like ownership uh, and uh, I was wondering how um, how how did you um uh, I'm not sure how to express it but how did you encourage uh, people taking ownership I guess I guess uh, um, you mean also a form of uh, accountability right like uh, um, being ac accountable for um, you know the the deliveries and and uh, your um, productivity and uh, stuff like that but uh, I am curious to to hear uh, how how did you work on that <laughs> ownership itself so uh, of course it is it is a collective work right uh, working on engagement it also would include working on ownership and and, and vice versa um, and in, in, in the teams that I work with right now, uh, everything is helping, like, like every driver may help other driver. It, they contribute to each other. For example, for me, uh, sometimes uh, uh, focusing on, on, on pure business uh, tasks, for example, this should help ownership, especially when I do celebrate it and I deliver it to, to the market. Sometimes also they need to feel not only like, like they need to work not on, on not only business related stuff. We take some 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 technical, pure technical stuff. We do have this buy in opportunity in our sprint buy in. So so we focus on it again, uh, working against, for example, some performance uh, metrics on our very top uh, like API or, or 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 vice versa. So they feel like, and, and especially if it's something they could they could reach and and deploy within within one sprint. This should help their moral a lot, and then they feel more more part of the team. They get used to this uh, new vision, the new subdomain. Even though if it is like again the core subdomain or the side subdomain, they will feel that uh, they are now part of it and they own it uh, with with time, of course. Like so. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. Me, so so <laughs> zoom it on. I, I know like I'm talking a lot to so both focus on both business and technical stuff. Again, this should revive the nature of us, like technical people. We love numbers. We and then we feel, okay, like we we get this belonging feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's very important, and uh, and actually, that's. Um, um, <clears throat> I felt. Uh, I mean, we were a lot of managers uh, mm -hmm. that each we were kind of a like a network. Um, organization in terms of uh, hierarchy. So within the team, uh, we had uh, a couple of managers, and each manager had like uh, I don't know up to ten direct reports. So <clears throat> within the larger teams, we we were a couple of managers, and um, for for me, I felt like um, uh, it's it's always hard to collaborate, of course, uh, and that was the 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 biggest you know trying to. Um, get alignment uh, on a on a on a larger scale. That that was um, one of the harder parts uh, for me. So I I actually uh, took the I focused on on my directs. I took the uh, 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 I focused on the individuals and uh, um, like working to unearth uh, each each person's like passions and trying to. Um, uh, it's kind of a cliche, but un unlocking their potential, so to speak. 
Um, and for me, that meant like um, getting them to develop both, as you said, technical skills, but uh, perhaps more important. I mean, uh, as technical people, um, it's it's easy to focus on <laughs> on, on technical skills. So uh, and especially for me, because I was uh, I had a lot of junior um, developers in my within my um, team. So. Um, so they were very much focused on, you know, developing their technical skills, and um, the, so I, I perhaps focused a little bit more on like social skills and, and um, not social skills, soft skills, which includes <laughs> social skills, of course. Um, and so in practice, that mostly meant like uh, regular having regular coaching-like sessions with them. Um, um, where I focused on on specifically learning, like um, what has the direct learned since our last meeting, what are, um, and what are the po potential learnings in their current context uh, with what they're working on right now. Um, so uh, my my thinking was that uh, if if I can get them to uh, to gain insight and new skills they will not only increase their productivity but they they will also feel more motivated and empowered so yeah. um, so the, yeah. so that that was kind of my approach and 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 um, how i felt i think also that may um, be more aligned with how i like to work so i might have a, a you know i might be um, uh, better inclined to to that kind of work as well. So, uh, but um, but I, f I found it very interesting um, the things you were mentioning because um, you talked a little bit about um, uh, like domain driven design and created creating kind of a, a bounded context for uh, for the team can help. Uh, um get them to gel you know find a common purpose and and that's kind of the thing uh, i was thinking about because i mean you don't really have that in a consultant organization unless you have like like a, a platform or something you're building something for your clients so so but but i found it very interesting i uh, the idea of perhaps uh, creating a, a bounded context or creating a commonality, finding a commonality uh, within, uh, it doesn't have to be within, you know, um, some software or anything, You're just finding the commonality. And it could be like, um, um, it, the commonality could be based around the tech stack. For example, um, uh, I mean, uh, my the direct reports, they were like front-end developers. So you can, you know, drive that as a community, as a part of a community. So I found that very interesting. And also uh, the thing you mentioned about the the tooling and uh, like uh, monitoring uh, and, the, and getting your team to rally uh, um, around those metrics, those performance metrics. I think that might be an interesting approach as well. Uh, so I'm I'm taking that with me. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, happy to hear. Uh, and uh, do, do we have uh, Sam? Do we have time for very very short 
question regarding on 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 okay great because you mentioned working mentioned the working with juniors i love working with juniors as well because they are super fast they are like uh, uh, very focused and they absorb those like technical skills and you feel them engaged as well but then if if you are working with them again big metrics organization that said you do have some legacy systems maybe some monoliths with millions of lines of code so how you can ease the business domain um, digestion task for them if, if i can put it like this so it, it's if it, 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 is there any best practice around this to, 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 uh, to, yeah. i'm not sure exactly how you how you mean could you could you yeah. So, so for example, uh, you work, uh, you work, or, or you do have some some junior developers with, within your teams, and they absorb a lot of uh, new uh, technical skills, and uh, but then they need to be placed in some teams, in their own scrum teams, you name it. It's not like that. And then they're no their own daily teams, and then they need to work uh, against those big systems or monolith, uh, monoliths, for example, with thousands of lines of code. So how you can ease their onboarding, like domain, business domain onboarding, uh, if I can put it like this, if any strategy. Again, we are using this business capabilities outside, like being defined by domain-driven design. This is helping us, but if you don't have them, so any best practice? Well, it's an interesting question. Um, I think I'm trying to think back about uh, from my experience and and what we have been doing when uh, taking on junior devs in a particular project, for example. And I think uh, I mean pairing is is by far the most um, the best mm -hmm. method that that I've <laughs> that I've been using at least. I mean uh, it, it, there needs to be a degree of documentation, of course, because uh, you need to have some sort of repository where you can find knowledge about, you know, in-depth knowledge about the system and uh, why things have been happening uh, and changes and, and stuff like that. But uh, but uh, in, in terms of getting people up to speed, especially junior ones, um, and um, uh, ensuring that they feel, you know, um, uh, they feel safe to actually make changes. Uh, it's great to have them pair with uh, a more senior dev, for example. Um, so I think pairing and pair programming is uh, like it's a great way to 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 share knowledge. Uh, so that would be my go-to, yeah, at least. Thanks. Um, do Do you have any any uh, like practices you've been trying? To be honest, uh, tried. I try to create a, a, a series of like micro workshops for them, but this is again the technical part of it. Uh, it worked, and like so long, I had time to to keep it up uh, and running. At some point, I, it, it died, sadly, to be honest. So, but it it was nice. I I, I could see the impact on their technical skills uh, of, of of my like colleagues' technical skills, but then. Um, Thinking about it, like uh, like uh, like or onboard junior profiles or uh, colleagues have always been very interesting for me. I try to 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 start small, to try to pitch a, a 
comfort zone for them. Whether again, we do have a big monolithic system and plus seventy uh, microservice. Uh, I could I will always start with a small microservice when that where they can absorb their the business domain uh, within it, and then try to continuously stretch their comfort zone. Uh, this is time consuming um, process. So it works, but it's not fast. So yeah. I would need months before I can like really feel that this new colleague really feel home or can can take uh, take on tasks from the team backlog without really any filtering. So so, so it takes time. My yeah so. Yeah, doing stretching That's interesting because um, you know before the this um, uh, this podcast, I actually tried to uh, like think about what empowerment really means to me, and and I was looking up a different a bunch of different uh, definitions on the web, and 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 one one uh, definition actually stood out to me, uh, and it was not talking about empowerment as a like a, a degree of um, autonomy or or self determination, uh, but more uh, more like a process, and that really spoke to me. So so for me, uh, I like I like to think that empowerment is the process of you know gaining competence and skill. Uh, of 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 gaining clarity, in the sense of like uh, which direction the organization is going and or or wants to go, and uh, gaining understanding of your boundaries, and um, I came to think about this uh, from what you said because I mean uh, you need to in order to be able to contribute as a junior dev i am thinking in 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 that context i mean uh, they they need to build up their confidence and uh, the way to do it i think is like uh, uh, making sure that they build their skill they feel like they're competent at in doing what they're supposed to be doing and uh, like clarity in the sense of what you were talking about you know, uh, understanding the the context and 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 the business goals within within, uh, for example, a specific microservice or something, and as, especially understanding the boundaries. I mean, what what are they? Uh, what are they? Uh, <laughs> how how does their space look like? Are they allowed to do a certain amount of changes? Or, uh, for example, if if you have like a, a extensive test suite, then maybe you can be more you can encourage them to to experiment more and take more uh, risks in 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 uh, like uh, taking larger larger chunks of functionality and refactoring it for example um so yeah i thought that was interesting and also w when you were talking about um when you asked your uh, your question um another thing i came to think about was <clears throat> and it's especially something that we we were struggling a lot with uh, within the consultancy firm uh, was that when um, I mean you have just like a, a certain degree of control over which assignments you uh, end up on, and you might end up on li like a project which involves working with a like a monolithic uh, legacy system, for example, and so we were struggling with. Uh, how do we keep our, especially junior, 
devs, uh, motivated uh, and learning new stuff, even though they're working with old technology. So that was something I was, um, like I told you uh, previously, uh, I was working in, in my one-on-ones with my directs, you know, trying to find the, the learnings that could be made within their context, even though they were working in like a, a legacy situation. Um, uh, and we noticed that in our, you know, yearly evaluations of our uh, employees that that was like a big thing, a big factor of of um, of motivation. You know, a feeling like you're you're working with stuff that actually are relevant. You know, and feeling like you um, are developing your skills. And um, sometimes in some projects, it can feel like you're just doing the same stuff uh, all the time and and working with like really old technologies so that was something we struggled with um do you, do you have any thoughts on on that well yeah yeah we do have also yeah like uh, um i agree like um let's see we need to cut this uh, uh glitch now here yeah, because of how to share i may not be able to share uh, much but it's it's when we when i notice it or i could feel it some some team members sometimes like um, mention it so they say for example why team a is working on on uh, like uh, top technologies while we team b are working more against the monolith uh, or the monolithic system that means they are like less exposed to modern technologies and and, and so on so we try to do this workshops uh, to 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 compensate uh, uh, on this and to 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 level out the the tech stack cross teams by doing this this should also help us like breaking the silos uh, in, in in the company and thus for example if a team member for example thrives so much for 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 cloud uh, related technologies and microservices while he is placed right now in like a main uh, frame the team or core team uh, like, like working only against the monoliths so he she can move so so we facilitate this but such unfair tech split may happen so but uh, yeah we, we focus on, 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 on yeah leveling up that the tech stack across the organization and it is it is a continuous task as well it's not uh, something we are we are not yet there or oh, i am not there like there's something continuously uh, uh, working on. All right. Thank you. Amazing, guys. Well, it's a great way to start off the podcast. Um, amazing. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. amazing, like a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And let's continue that way. I mean, Abdul, yep. your question is looking very interesting as well. Yep. Um, it's looking, considering the fast paced nature of the IT industry, how can you create a continuous learning culture, motivate team members to acquire new skills and promote a risk taking mindset that both encourages experimentation and innovation, but also empowers them to dive into implementing their new found skill set. So a few bits in there. Do you want to give us some context? Uh, sure, sure. Um, again, I joined IT uh, for the sake of innovation and not repeating yourself, but it is ever evolving, uh, evolving in an aggressive way, especially in the last two, three years. 
according to my own take. Uh, so whatever technology you try to onboard your team on and use time and, 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 and efforts, uh, you need to come back and, and, and touch base again with it and uh, like update your, your knowledge uh, around it within three, four months max. Uh, and when you do have this long tech stacks, uh, 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 so it makes that the, the, the mission even harder. And also considering the human uh, factor uh, within, within your team, we do have different roles. Juniors, seniors, and stuff. Juniors are more uh, adaptable in general. I know. I know this is not something like set in stone. Uh, there is no rules around this. But senior profiles are uh, 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 like like sometimes are not the fastest acquiring new skills because they got a lot in their backpack already. They are, they are like again senior profiles. They are well like they are expert within their domain. So. But you need to 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 keep up with the updates. So how to 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 promote this um, and motivate your team members from all uh, level of influence, uh, and also push them or like not push them, help them, support them to to take the risk and actually use this new acquired skills. Because again, we we humans sometimes we do fear trying new stuff only for the sake of bad outcomes but but how to explain them that every outcome is a good outcome because it's a learning so it's uh, it's either a successful learning or like a, a something you like, like you need to to to, uh, to retry again and make it successful so but so basically that's it so it's also a big one like yours <laughs> yes it's my comeback there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot to to uh, address yeah so well, when I when I thought about your questions, I I was um, very much oriented towards uh, um, learnings. Like um, you need to you need to change your definition of, of of success to one of learnings. I think that's uh, that's also like uh, one of the main, uh, in my view at least, uh, one of the main drivers of the agile move movement like uh, um, trying stuff uh, and uh, deriving insights from what you've tried and then change your, uh, adapt, you know, change your way of working. So, um, so for, for one thing, like um, you need to, instead of like celebrating achievements, you, you need to celebrate learnings, which I mean, uh, also includes celebrating failures or at least the learnings from failures so i mean um, i what we're talking about if you if you want to encourage this and i mean create as you said a continuous learning culture i mean it's 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 a massive thing like changing a culture like uh, or um, promoting uh, a specific culture and a culture is what you do you know so you need to promote this and uh, one thing you could do is like celebrate learnings and i think that's a very important part um and of course this assumes that you you cannot have like blame blame cannot exist <laughs> so um um and i also think um it involves like uh, stopping work and um thinking about what we've done and how we're doing it 
So uh, again, with the with the learning culture, uh, I think uh, you need to involve it in some way, in some process. I mean, many agile um, processes already have this, like baked in, um, like retrospectives. But I mean, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of like in a larger perspective, like for for the whole organization. Um, and also, you need to design your processes to have these short feedback loops to to enable fast learning. Um, I think that at least. And um, you you need to ensure uh, you need to make it easy to try new ideas. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, you need to change your policies and and processes so as. Uh, for for example, not requiring full project plans or like a business case to try something out, um, or dare I say, est extensive cost estimations for for trying something out. Uh, so um, you you need to have like a environment where it's easy to try new stuff and try new ideas. Uh, and this this is I mean uh, the whole organization needs to live this. Uh, in order to drive these, this kind of change. Um, and also, I think, uh, I mean, we, we come back to, to, um, to, as a leader, you need to provide the clarity of, of expectations and the boundaries, uh, and also communicate the goals of the organization. So we come back to, the, to, to my definition of, of, of empowerment. I mean, the, the, this, this is like, um, it's, it's not comp complicated stuff, <laughs> and we all know it, of course. The the the, the trouble is, um, you know, actually enacting it and then living it. So, and I think as a leader, you have to demonstrate what 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 this looks like. So I think um, you don't not only need do you need to be a like a role model, you have to be the first to actually dive in. So. If you want to encourage your um, your team to you know take risks, then you need need to take risks yourself. You need to start and experiment, and and um, so they can see examples. So, and actually, I think examples play a crucial role in 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 any change management. So, um, and people need to see examples of the behaviors that you that you want to promote. So, for example, I think you talked a little bit about it in, in the previous questions, but uh, for example, like showcasing learnings. Um, I mean, celebrate, celebrating learnings is a good thing, of course, but, uh, but you need, also need to showcase where, like projects, like uh, this is what we did, uh, this is uh, what we learned, and, um, and uh, yeah. Oh, and as I said, I mean, this uh, experimentation mindset, it needs to be seen within the entire organization. So it cannot be something that's just practiced by the engineers. Um, I, I firmly believe that. Um, well, I mean, can't, but I don't believe you will see the gains in terms of motivation among your employees and like innovation in your business. So. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different uh, aspects to it, and and uh, those were my initial thoughts, at least. So, so uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Sure, thanks. A very insightful uh, answer, to be honest, and uh, I agree with it. And uh, like, I need also now to 
to agree out some of the points I was going to go through, because you already mentioned, especially when it comes to the experimentation mindset, showcasing and um, uh, vision and boundaries, and first to dive in as a leader. Uh, I, I will. I, I have like a a small uh, question around this later on, uh, considering your full time managerial uh, position now. But uh, to be honest, like. Uh, I always start by sharing a lot about the learning budget uh, as well. For example, we do have a learning budget in, in, in the FTS and I'm I'm type of manager who shares a lot around it and always encourage people to to make use of it. Uh, whether is it, it is like uh, conferences, workshops or other learning opportunities they feel like uh, go and use your own learning budget money. Otherwise, it will get like yeah, not used and reset the next year so this helps actually so now i have like like my colleagues are more used to you uh, to use their budget and also ask how much like team budget we still have can i borrow some and go there and then and what about alex did he use all and what about anna and, and, and so on uh, uh, so this helps and also peer-to-peer -peer learning, uh, like the point also you mentioned from earlier, pair programming and stuff, peer-to-peer uh, -peer learning is, is a good way how like uh, how to like to 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 share knowledge skills with each other and also to encourage team members to collaborate uh, by sharing those experiences and and, and, and learnings. Um, opportunities for experimentation, you already mentioned this one. The important uh, importance about creating a, a safe environment where uh, team members can experiment and take risks without fear of failures, encourage them to try new things, even if they don't always work out, uh, celebrate successes uh, and learn from failures in, in a short term. Uh, promoting the culture of uh, innovation uh, uh, as well. So, so in, celebrate in, innovative ideas, recognize team members who have contributed to them and work further uh, with them around those goals. Uh, and and at, the, at the end, uh, me as like as a chapter lead, I can um, I can confirm the point you mentioned. Point number two uh, in uh, I think it, you called like first to dive in. So yes, leading by example is like very uh, crucial for me as a chapter lead when when encouraging uh, like uh, continuous learning. So I, I should be not not always the model or something. No, I'm also like a, a, a manager, so I can also encourage other people and also work on 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 their own uh, like how to say successful uh, uh, learning stories. But from time to time, maybe I I I need to be the model uh, 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 they, like they want to see, especially when it comes to learning. So I, you should model the behavior you want to see in your team, continuously learn and acquire new skills yourself, take risks and encourage experimentation and, and, and innovation. So this is something I I usually uh, try to 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 live up to. Again, chapter lead is a hybrid role. We talked about this in another episode uh, with Sam. So it depends about how much time you you got. So it's it's another uh, story, but uh, that's basically it. And then if you have time, I would like to hear about uh, like your like how you can dive in as a as a full time manager uh, here, because me chapter lead, 
I'm leading I'm leading a, 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 a department of max ten people. I'm part I'm I'm, I'm part of a Scrum team, and I uh, I'm responsible about like how to say. Or like I'm the one who who needs to make sure that we are on top of our craft always our chapter. So, but you you have totally different thing. You are full time uh, like a manager or director leader, and then you still are following this first to dive in thingy. So how you can <laughs> how you can leverage on this one? Well. Um... Uh, to be honest, uh, I wasn't a full-time manager I, uh, when uh, um, at my consultancy firm. I still uh, had projects as well. So um, basically, I mean, for the first um, first like year or something, I actually had like uh, an eighty percent engagement with uh, mm -hmm. with uh, actually in a in a project, and like I could spend uh, around twenty percent of my time on my direct reports, which of course was way too little. <laughs> I ended up like uh, working a lot of you know extra hours uh, and trying to keep up and with just the like administration and like uh, uh, well the man the management stuff so um <clears throat> so i mean i i always had that um uh potential you know since i was working with a with a, another project so i had the potential of actually uh like modeling the behavior uh, and then and deriving from my experiences and being able to use them in my coaching sessions with my direct reports for example so um that wasn't um quite a big uh, of an issue the the bigger issue was like finding the time to actually be a manager <laughs> so so we, within within the um, later projects or later in uh, uh, in my role as a manager i actually managed to you know shift the the um, uh, amount of work or time i put in to each of the different roles so uh, so it became um, more balanced you know um, because I mean, having uh, as you probably know, having ten direct reports, it's it's quite a, a lot of work actually to 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 manage a, a team um, of, of that large. Um, so, yeah, did, did I did I answer your question? Loud and clear. <laughs> so. Uh, but of course, I mean, uh, we, I mean, since um, since um, we were working, everyone on different projects. I mean, um, I mean that's the that's the main. Uh, I mean, there's a you need to be the force that actually um, strive to get everyone together and you know find the commonality and you know bring them home to uh, and and uh, gather around you know uh, the, our companies, our organizations like core values and beliefs and stuff like that, because they're out in different. They're working in different uh, organizations and then different projects and different clients. So that was always like a. Uh, like something that was on top of my mind and then trying to you know um get everyone to to gather together so to speak so yeah <laughs> Let's see. um do you mind if i um ask you a couple of questions as well no no please you were you were talking about in innovation and then yeah. and, and trying to like um 
I think you were in the context of uh, uh, talking about uh, modeling the behavior you want to promote, you know. And I was thinking about innovation, and I've um, I've listened to you know different podcasts talking about innovation and how they do it in different companies. And um, the from what I gather is that I mean the most su successful companies that actually uh, have a lot of innovation, they actually have like um, structure built for innovation to promote innovation. And I was wondering, um, do you have anything? similar like do you have any structure to help drive innovation uh, in the fds we do have innovation team uh, we do have innovation and partnership team so and they are taking care of like organization scale uh, innovation projects and partnerships but this of course uh, they, can, they are we are we do have open communication with them and uh, for example from time to time we we listen to each other opinions about a specific technology here and there but uh, until now I, we are yet to have uh, like a, a core uh, collaboration tasks between dev teams and the uh, innovation team uh, itself uh, in like dev innovation uh, are being taken care of by us, uh, like a bunch of chapter leads, uh, senior uh, developers, junior developers who comes with ideas for for a, a workshop, a hackathon, and 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 so far. Uh, sometimes we also have some collaboration with with other uh, companies. For example, like uh, Amazon Game Day, uh, uh, we have had, uh, uh, and also like. We hosted like a, a meetup here, uh, Amazon game, uh, game Day. There, uh, uh, we 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 work on on, on some totally different uh, s technical stuff just to 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 trigger this innovative mindset. For example, whether it is uh, image recognition or flying drones and 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 in our auditorium and, and and so forth. So it's it's us who who, who drives this collectively. And of course, we do have a budget to support us around that uh, as well. So that's that's nice. And that's that sounds uh, great, actually. Amazing, guys. Well, I, I know we're coming towards the end of the podcast, and and, and Benjamin had a quick question. Um, so I'd love to get your quick thoughts on, um, you know looking at leveraging artificial intelligence, AI, the, the key buzzword that it seems to be floating around right now and machine learning, how can this be used to significantly enhance productivity, increase empowerment, but also derive actionable insights from the data uh, and help your team to stay competitive and innovative within a very fast-paced tech market, as we've already covered. Um, fortunately, we don't have Benjamin here to give us some context. So, um, who would like to go first? <laughs> I can, Pierre can as well. I'm so go ahead. Um, I will uh, keep it short. Uh, it's just like um, it's really uh, nice and also a uh, large uh, size uh, question, uh, and it covers two sides uh, of it. So I will try to keep my answer within those two sides. For example, artificial intelligence, when it comes to us, it's mainly productivity tool, but it can also, from the way uh, the structure has been uh, posed here, it can also mean the other stuff that, that I can use it uh, for. So I will start by defining my goals 
my AI and machine learning goals, determine what you want to achieve with these technologies, whether it is to, to increase productivity, improve customer experience, reduce costs or something else. And then, and then I will identify data sources that I will be using to train my AI and ML models. This can include data from customer interactions, sales, marketing, uh, operations, and, and, and so forth, of course. The third step, I will uh, build a team of experts who can help me uh, leverage this AI technologies effectively. Uh, the team should include data scientists, software engineers, and other experts who are familiar with these uh, technologies. And uh, after that, I will definitely start small because it's a learning uh, experience. So I will begin by implementing a small uh, AI project that can provide immediate value uh, and mm -hmm. then sell this outcome. <laughs> then this will help me build momentum and demonstrate that the, the value of these technologies for to the rest of, of the organization and then gain more uh, mandate and budget to, 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 to go bigger. Um, I will also consider maybe taking advantage, me, Abdul, being a back-ender now, uh, a professional, I will take advantage of, of the pre-built uh, AI and, uh, and machine learning models and, and, and tools that are available in the market instead of building something from scratch. Again, I don't know the, uh, the bottlenecks that I may face, and I, I, it's not necessarily for me to invest time and money in, in, into this like uh, journeys. There are some stuff already working on the market, this can help me save time, resources to accelerate my uh, AI machine learning initiatives. And uh, later, I will also train my employees on, on AI machine learning technologies, explain them how it works, uh, bring some experts how uh, that, that can do so, and, and also how they can use those tools uh, effectively. Uh, effectively. Uh, this should help create a continuous learning culture and ensure that my own organization is prepared to take advantage of these technologies in the uh, long term. And yeah, I will also come back to what I did every now and then and measure my success and use this data to refine my approach. And yeah, so this should help me continuously improve and stay competitive in, in, in the market. Last but not least, I think we also Considering this exponential growth of the AI tools and technology, I think we are yet to see the full potential of it. So this answer may be invalid very soon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> it's, see. It's, yeah, we are yet to see. It's like it's crazy how fast it grows and, and, and how much they develop. It means that we are yet to see uh, the real potential of it. Mm. We're only seeing the commercial version at the moment. God knows yes. what else is on there. <laughs> yeah. Per, what's your take on that? All right. Um, well, you said it was a small question. I, I don't really agree. I think that this was the hardest questions of, of, of them all, I think. And uh, I mean, it's um, to be honest, it's an area area where I feel a little bit left behind, you know. <clears throat> I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how to how to properly use, utilize AI and machine learning within my current context to get the most impact. <clears throat> and I feel like, especially in my role as CTO, uh, I feel like it's my responsibility to actually keep keep 
uh, keep an updated view about you know what is it and uh, how do we need to adapt our business to um, to uh, to stay ahead of the curve so to speak. So and I mean I think AI and machine learning I mean it has like great potential to and or it actually is impacting multiple areas within organizations. I mean you could. All the way from deriving insights and generating basis for like decision making, um, for for example within HR uh, and people management, um, like you said, Abdul, uh, improving productivity and optimizing workflow and processes, um, but also um, like increasing sales by adapting to like customer needs and wants. Um, I mean, that's my that's my current context. So, uh, I mean, you were talking about taking advantage of existing tools uh, and tooling, and I mean, for for a small company like uh, like Vinticket, I mean, we're like um, like uh, fifteen employers or something like that. And so. <clears throat> So I mean, we don't really have like an, an, an uh, a team of engineers that could you know uh, work separately on 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 how to implement you know AI and machine learning. So for us, it's uh, more like uh, finding the right partners or finding the right solutions to 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 help us drive our business basically. So. And if we take e-commerce as an example, uh, I know there there are solutions available that like um, analyzes and takes uh, user in interactions into account to optimize like navigation and like search search results in uh, in order to ensure that the customer finds exactly uh, what they're looking for uh, as quickly as possible, for example. And um, also, like uh, if we're looking like uh, looking at um, product recommendations, that is something we work a lot with uh, today, actually. Um, like um, um, recommending uh, potential, uh, uh, recommending products that the the customer uh, potentially will like uh, based on like purchase history and stuff like that. And and also based on interactions on the web page, and um, also uh, I think there's a lot of progress to be made within with regards to like logistics, um, in terms of like uh, automation and uh, like increasing the amount of uh, automation and uh, like optimization of warehouse uh, resource planning, for example. I think there's uh, currently there's a lot of like manual labor within logistics, so I think uh, that's where we will see uh, a lot of um, innovation in the coming years. To be honest, and also like uh, customer service, that's another example. Like we have these chatbots, so uh, introducing like smarter chatbots that can help reduce the need uh, to even get customer service involved. But I mean, also in providing tools for customer internal tools for customer service to uh, um, to help them help the customers. You know, a lot of time spent in customer service is spent on helping customers getting the right information. So uh, improving the tool internal tools can, I think, be a, a way to quickly get them to answer. Uh, the customer's needs. 
and that you uh, mentioned also it's like um generating generating text generating code for example or translating text all, all of those things uh, could be used for uh, improved productivity within within basically all areas of work but i i do however think also that the organizations need to like review their usage of generative ai and machine learning um i mean there's an like a there's like a ethical aspect to automating decision making and um you if you take if you take out the human element of it uh, so to speak then i mean you need to be uh, mindful of that and uh, you also have to be mindful of the fact that algorithm, all algorithms and models are not without biases. Uh, I mean, there's people behind it that creates, and I mean, the data uh, selection for for uh, training um, their models. I mean, uh, we've seen that, uh, seen the like uh, reports uh, of uh, models having like being biased so um you need to be mindful about that as well so i think that's an uh, an area area we're going to see a lot of improvement as well i think there's a lot of hype right now and uh, um i think we will settle somewhere <laughs> and find the balance between you know uh, the ethical aspects and and also with regards to you know like um like privacy and and the data protection so there's a lot to to think about when when it comes to ai and machine learning so well that that was my <laughs> like surface sweep of of the of the question <laughs> i think there's a lot to dig in on in in this area there's a whole other podcast i think quite frankly yeah there there, there really is um well maybe we can get get you two back and and benjamin uh this time uh, as well but for now today guys let's leave it there this has been the evolution exchange podcast really want to take this opportunity to thank per to thank abdul for providing not only their fantastic insights into the topic in hand today but also for their incredible questions and, and multiple questions in that I, I know that they were going on the spin and what each other was saying there and it was a a real pleasure to, to be a part of today. So thank you guys. Um, if you'd like to be involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. And as I said earlier in the podcast, if you have any questions for these guys, please um, do reach out to them. They will be tagged in the post uh, for the podcast uh, and I'm sure they'd love uh, to answer any questions that you may have. But for now, see you next time.